We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, one night removed from holding down the fort solo style with a plum, doing north of an hour, just him and y'all. Zach Kelburn, what's going on, bro? How's that? How's that voice tonight? Not great, as you guys can tell. So if uh, I'll try to be a little quieter. Hang on a second. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. No, I got that. I just wanted to try to clear my voice, see how it works. I'm feeling good, Chad. Um, I'm glad that Broncos country gets to celebrate the victory, but I don't know how you feel. I want to get your reaction, your gut reaction on the win. To me. It's not enough to save Hackett's job. I'm not doing cartwheels because they beat a four-win Cardinals team. No, but that report came out from Adam Schefter over the weekend about that presentation that the NFL made to teams showing how much money has been wasted by hiring coaching staffs that don't work out, not being patient, whatever, firing them, and then apparently they even singled out specific teams uh, who it has cost the most, the Broncos, Zach. So what is it, Scott? It's usually a four-year deal on a first-time coach, right? Four years. So Vance Joseph, Zach, hired in 2017, 17, 18, 19, 20. So his contract ran up in the second year of the Vic Fangio regime. Vic Fangio, four-year deal. That's 19, 20, 21. So they're paying him his last paycheck this season, right? And then so they're paying for the last two regimes at a certain point, they've been paying two coaching salaries. I it makes me wonder why this information is coming out now. And it makes me wonder, even though I don't remember reading anything about it, Zach, that was particularly Bronco specific. Obviously, the implications are there because Nathaniel Hackett not doing a great job. I mean, we're it was a win yesterday, Zach. But it was the first win on American soil since you and I were there with all the MHHers in the stands September 25th. So I can't imagine. I know it's going to it's going to hurt. It's going to burn George Payton's. You know what? To have to not only throw in the towel and admit defeat, Zach, but then for the Walton Penner group to have to absorb that hit and then go hire another coach. But sometimes you got to call a spade a spade and it's better to recognize a problem early like in the case of john elway that's a cautionary tale and i'm serving it back to you recognizing that vj was in over his head maneuvering to replace him with mike shanahan while he was still coaching in his first year so in december of 2017 maneuvering to get mike shanahan joe ellis says no uh, okay we go back one more year it availed them not it just set him back you can argue it set him back multiple years but at least one year uh, to the point about timing, I think it's because Black Monday is around the corner and maybe the NFL wanted to get a jump on the potential firings. But this is one of the situations, and I talked about it last night, I'm not letting an NFL memo dictate where I'm going with my franchise. It's better to ask forgiveness and then ask permission. And if I'm Rob Walton, if I'm Greg Penner, Kerry Penner, George Payton, I am asking questions later and acting first. If I want to get rid of Nathaniel Hackett, I'm not letting an NFL you know, warning or whatever, dictate that. 
I like Scott's message to us in our uh, green room chat. Arthur Blank, that's the Falcons owner, paid Matt Ryan $40 million to play for the Colts this year. Big freaking deal. If they didn't have the money, they wouldn't spend it. Now, that's even more apropos, Zach, to the Broncos because, I mean, we're talking about the 19th richest man on the planet Earth, all right, and Rob Walton. So that's chump change. But still, it's worth uh, – it's worth talking about. Sam Bam, bro, thank you. Getting in early with a super chat. Helping us keep the lights on here at MHH. Sam Bam, we love you, big dog. He says, I'm glad we got at least one more win before season's end. Sounds like Wilson will play on Christmas, question mark. Is that correct? Hackett still needs to go. Go Broncos. Uh, yeah, Sam, thank you so much for your generosity, as always. I will have a story coming out on the website either tonight or tomorrow morning about Russ. <clears throat> Excuse me once again. Nathaniel Hackett said after last night's game that Russ is going to play next week. And he said that before he started crediting Brett Rippon for his performance against the Cardinals. So yeah, the Brett Rippon hype train will come to a screeching halt after one week. It's Russ's job. And you know what? I'm actually excited to see what the offense can do building on the Kansas city game chat and now building on a victory against the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud of Brett Rippon. Honestly, I'm proud of him. He did what you would hope a backup of his caliber could do when your starter goes down. He received, in the final analysis anyway, a really uh, strong, a Herculean performance from his running game. That propped him up, allowed him to look significantly, you know, again, this is in the final analysis, significantly more efficient than he probably really was, took the pressure off him. So that was great. And that's what it does, a running game, for any quarterback, regardless of his caliber, so, like you, Zach, I'm stoked to see what Russell Wilson can do this this weekend and see if they can't build on this momentum. But as I say that, I got to tell you, I'm also a little bit scared because if they are unsuccessful in getting that running game going, dude, the pressure he was under Brett Rippon in that first half before they were able to really get that thing grinding, my God, it was an atrocity. I mean, it was it was a football atrocity just how bad – that O-line's pass blocking was. Well, it's good to have you back, partner, because we're sharing a brain like always. You know, I, people were crediting Britt Rippin on the uh, Gut Reaction podcast last night, and I was saying not to take anything away from Rippin. God bless him. He got the victory. I'm happy for him. But he was helped by having a running game, something that Russell Wilson hasn't had since his time in Seattle. And it's so much easier for any quarterback – $245 million or a former undrafted free agent in Rippon's case if you have a running game. If they can get that effort out of Murray and Mack, you saw yesterday going forward, the Broncos are going to win a few more games before the end of the season. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's no skin off their teeth either way, right? Every uh, every win, I guess, if if you're looking at it from like a rooting interest perspective, what, what interest do the Broncos have to root for? If you're still hoping to do the best you possibly can to foil the Seattle Seahawks draft position with that first round pick they got from uh, the Denver Broncos. Then, you know, you hope the Broncos continue to win at this point. It, it, it's meaningless in terms of the standings They They eliminated they, themselves from playoffs uh, long ago, but pride also, Zach, there's something to be said about pride. And even if they ultimately do as everyone expects and move on from Nathaniel Hackett at the end of the season, you can't, underestimate what getting a couple of two three wins in the final quarter of a season for a team that has no hope of the playoffs what that can do as a launching pad for you going into an offseason no guarantee but it's it's something that could maybe help these guys remember whoa we're actually as players we're good enough to win in this league you just need to insert the right coach and get a bunch of your studs back well, let me ask you, what what would it take? Because I'm assuming, Chad, you're agreeing with me in that this one victory wasn't enough to forget about all the failures of the season. What would it take for you? What would Hackett have to do to earn another year in your eyes? Beat Kansas City, win out. What's your barometer? Win out, and that would include a road victory over over the, the Chiefs. And you know what? Even then, I'm not sure. It's It would be a enough especially if it's russ involved in these wins right that's another thing that made i titled this stream why why do broncos fans feel so hollow about yesterday's win and i think a big reason for it was what did we really achieve here and what did we really learn in terms of anything that can point toward what the future holds 
if you would have won that game with Russell Wilson, then you can go, okay, Russ winning with Nathaniel Hackett. We could kind of see what it's looking like. But you don't. You get a backup quarterback that, frankly, there's a dang good chance Zach isn't even on this roster next year with Nathaniel Hackett, who, again, good chance he's not here. So I digress here a little bit, but I just think for Nathaniel Hackett, it really comes down to winning out. And that Chiefs game is going to be tough. It's not an easy, a perfectly easy schedule to close out the season because you've got the Rams, you got the Chargers, you got the, the Chiefs. It's going to be uh, interesting. Ed, dude, thank you, bro. He says, went to Empower Field for the first time today and bought some things from the store, going to my first Broncos home game in week 18. Thanks, guys. Good for you, bro. Hope you enjoyed walking around the stadium and hope you enjoyed that team store. Dave Glassman in the house. Probably going to hold that. Thank you for the super chat, Dave. Probably going to hold the, the record on Facebook for the longest active streak of uh, stars all time. It's like the Peyton Manning touchdown record might not ever be touched. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I want to just echo something that Scott says a lot on uh, Broncos for Breakfast or whatever show he's filling in for at any given time. I'm so happy for y'all. I'm so happy for Broncos country, even though it doesn't mean much, a lost season, they beat the Cardinals, yada, yada, to see a victory in, in America for the first time in three months. It's, it's, I'm just happy for you guys. You're going out, you're spending your, you know, your hard-earned money and your time and your investment on the Broncos again. That's what's nice about these victories, sharing it with y'all, because there is no better fan base in all of sports than Broncos country. And when the Broncos win, it warms my heart to see you guys happy again. Broncos fans, man, been through the ringer. You guys are as, as passionate and tough as it gets and resilient. And uh, we see that every day. We see that every day in what we do here at MHH. So props to you guys. Uh, Miguel, bro, you are a prince. He says, evening, fellas. I'm pumped about the win, but J.J. Watt is not Aaron Donald. I, I am worried about that front. Yeah, it's a patchwork O-line right now, dude. It's pretty sketchy. You know, bubble gum, some toothpicks. Like, it's there. Luke Wattenberg's out there playing. He relinquished three sacks yesterday. Uh, we'll see. All they can do is is hope they can get the ground game going, Zach. That's going to be the only kryptonite to Russell Wilson avoiding potentially another scary injury. Like, that's why it wouldn't have surprised me if they had opted to shut him down for the season. I would have been disappointed, but it wouldn't have surprised me. 
Aaron Donald isn't performing like the Aaron Donald we all know this season. None of the Rams are. That, that team has imploded pretty fast. But again, this is why, Chad, I laugh and I scoff and I just I, I shrug it off whenever someone mentions the fact that Broncos should draft a running back in round one, a receiver in round one. It's not going to matter who you have at quarterback or who you have at running back or who you have a receiver if your line can't block. And if you can't handle – how old is he now? 35-year-old, whatever, J.J. Watt. And if he's just terrorizing you like prime J.J. Watt, you have a problem. It's been a problem all year. It's going to continue being a problem until you fix it. The O-line is number one priority. I don't understand how it's such a hard concept to get down. It's just not sexy. You know, it's a boring pick as far as excitement goes. Or, you know, it's not a skill position. It's not a pass rusher. So I understand that it's it's unsexy in that sense. But Zach is 100% right. Like, you need to start stacking wood on the fire there at the O-line because, man, the depth has been woeful and uh, the unit itself decimated. Phil, what's going on, bro, on Facebook? It's great to see you. He says, I thought Brett did fine. The offense seemed to click with him. I was impressed with Damari Mathis, the rookie corner, and not so impressed with our edge rushers. Go Broncos, MHH for life, and happy holidays. Right back at you, brother. Yeah, the edge presence was um, bad, not just in terms of putting pressure on the quarterback, Zach, but like setting the edge and and whatnot. That continues to be a problem. But I did love seeing Randy Gregory back out there, Zach. Same, yeah. I mean, I hope he can stay healthy and you still see what he brings to the table. No other pass rusher on the Broncos roster can do what Gregory does. It might be too little too late to help this year, but hopefully for 23 he can continue to build and uh, grow with the team. Damari Mathis, though, that's your number two cornerback going forward. I'm moving on from Ronald Darby. I'm taking the cap savings. Darby, to me, was never a true cornerback, too. He was always, to me, replacement level. Damari Mathis has recovered so nicely from that pass interference fest that was called against him yeah. you know, in, in midseason. He is really growing and developing and blossoming for a fourth-round pick who should have been, quite frankly, a second-round pick. Steal for George Payton. Marcus Lewis Henna from across the pond throwing down some some stars and giving us some love. Appreciate you, bro. He says, hey, guys, love and respect from the U.K. To all you your Broncos fans, go Broncos, MHH forever. Uh, Luke Ellis, thank you, bro. Very generous super chat tonight. He says, hey, fellas, hope all is well. I didn't catch the game, but I'm glad to see the win nonetheless. I just hope we see guys like Jerry Judy and Patrick Sertan continue to improve. Plus 20 now on injured reserve. Yep, Dakota Allen makes the 20th player. Unreal, more than a trend at this point. Yeah, it is. You know, it's like, what is going on here? At a certain point, you're going, I mean, you can you can sit, Zach, and point to bad luck. That would work. You could sell that. You could make that an argument that was convincing if it wasn't a perennial pattern. This now dates back, you know, again, I'm not a guy that believes in coincidence. all right? I'm not a big believer in coincidence. I know they happen, but a, coincidence, a true coincidence is the exception to the rule. More often than not, when you see that correlation, trust your instinct. There's something there. When you see, go read that Eric Trickle article. All right, there's a there's a piece up right now on milehighhuddle.com reporting that Dakota Allen landed on injured reserve. The linebacker the team brought in to help replace Jonas Griffith, who landed on injured reserve. Um, there's a piece in that piece. I linked to the Eric Trickle article, and it's a perfect correlation, Zach. When Lauren Landau came in as the strength and conditioning coach, each year the Broncos are at the top of the league in terms of injuries. This year is obviously the worst. And it's no offense to Lauren Landau. I mean, you can criticize an O-line coach. You can criticize a quarterback's coach. You, you know, these guys, it's no holds barred if there's cause, right, to uh, to kind of wade in like that. So in the case of the strength coach, hey, we're not there to see every little program and how it's implemented, what the philosophies are, what the emphasis are. All we see is the end product. And so because all we can go off the end is the end product, it's like, hey, you can point to it being bad luck, and you can say that till you're blue in the face, but there's a million different luck uh, one-liners I could throw out there, but fortune favors the bold. It's time for the Broncos, Zach, to make their own luck relative to the injury bug because this is not working. This system they have currently, mm-mm. That, it's exactly my point. This is not year one, year two of Lauren Landau. It's not even year three. This is year five now, and we've seen – 
Season after season, the Broncos suffer soft tissue injuries, debilitating injuries, season-ending injuries, lower body injuries. I mean, 11 players this year, 11 have been on the shelf with hamstring issues. 11, Dakota Allen, who the Broncos just put on IR, makes the 11th. 20 players on IR. You can almost field an entire team with who's on IR. That is not coincidence. That is not bad luck. And the guy or guys and gals in charge of that deserve to be held accountable. I'm not singling out Lauren Landau. I'm not singling out Vince Garcia. If any coach or whoever underperforms, they should go. But it's been five years of that. And he has this immunity and protection in the Mile High City that I don't understand. They cannot continue to be ravaged year in and year out. Otherwise, it's not going to matter that you have Russell Wilson. It's not going to matter that you have a new offensive lineman. If the team can't stay healthy, then you're going to be stuck in the basement. They got to try something new uh, to the point that you just made. If you continue to do what you've always done, you'll continue to get what you've always got. And uh, at a certain point, man, like, hey, let's let's just be honest with what's going on here. Quick update, guys. Here is the contest rankings for the month of December. And by the way, happy holidays. Hope everyone is enjoying this holiday season. But as you know what we do, we are going to raffle off a Denver Broncos jersey of the winner's choice. The winners are determined by who finishes in the top five on Super Chat in the month of December. Those five names go in a hat. We uh, randomly select. All right, so it's a raffle drawing. That person gets to choose what jersey they have. We order it. We send it to them. Bada bing, bada bang. Right now, Deanna Hendry is at the top, followed by F.A., the DWI guys at three, Mama Mooty, who sadly, Zach, we're probably not going to end up seeing that much more of because her boy's now collecting his checks from the Las Vegas Raiders. And then Naj, the legend himself, the lore surrounding this man right here and the lore surrounding this woman right here, Michaela Parker, just outside the top five is, is the Duchess. A few other names just flashing so you can see where things stand on the Super Chat rankings, including Sam Bam, who will climb a little bit tonight, too. So there's your update. And, guys, we love each and every one of you that uh, – Send a few hard-earned dollars from your life, sweat from your brow, to help us keep the lights on here. We appreciate you. We love you. That's why we do this. It's a small thing we can do to say thank you to the people who are the most outgoing in their support of MHH. But shout out to each and every one of you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Can I tack on one point really quickly about yeah, Lauren Landau? I hate yeah. to segue off then. Thank you so much, guys. All the superstars, very much appreciated. If you had an OC, for example, Chad, really quickly, or a DC or whatever, any other coach for five years, and his side of the ball, his area consistently underperformed, at some point, he would be held accountable. You can change out the players and change out the methods, but at some point, the coach has to fall on the sword. Why Lauren Landau uh, should be exempt from that is beyond me. It's ridiculous. It's always been a surprise to me, Zach, the pushback you get if you criticize the a strength staff and how sacrosanct it is. I don't know. I think if I try and use my ability to reason to figure it out, the only thing I can think of here, Zach, is that football is such a violent sport and the attrition rate is so high that it's they, I think kind of the the belief or the vibe or whatever is that it's gonna if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's football so you know why take it out on the coach he's just doing the best they're just giving them the the nutritional input 
workout input, of course, specific to each player, and then also team stuff. I mean, again, we don't know the, all the ins and outs of how it works, but that's the closest I can come to is like, hey, no, how are you going to um, blame a coach, a strength and conditioning coach, for injuries suffered in a game that creates injuries? I guess is the only thing I can come up with. But every team plays the same game. And how come teams are, I mean, look at Kansas City. They're one of the, the healthiest teams in the entire NFL. You can't blame Vic Fangio, for example. The common denominator is Lauren Landau. They've changed coaches. They've changed players. They've had uh, hard training camp practices under Hackett. They've had light training camp practices. And the same result has happened. That one common denominator, maybe not even Landau. Throw in Vince Garcia, too, for all of Landau's protectors out there. Something, though, has to change. Someone needs to be held accountable for the Broncos having 20 players, again, fathom that, 20 players on injured reserve, including the higher-paid players on the team. It is unacceptable, point-blank period. North of $60 million, league high, sitting on stupid uh, injured reserve. Albert Knopper's in the house. Good to see you, uh, my friend. You know, a little birdie, you hear things. Maybe another factor, Zach, behind why strength and conditioning coaches are held so sacrosanct is that generally speaking, this is not a specific thing to Lauren Lando, but generally speaking, they are a good contact for people in the media. All right. In terms of having contact with every player. So if you need a comment, you need, even if it's uh, off the record, things like that, this is a guy that it's not an O-line coach that only deals with the O-line, right? It's not a quarterback's coach that only court or even in the case of uh, Clint Kubiak, who's, in, in a sense, touching every player on offense now because he's a play caller. No, no, no. This guy literally touches every guy on the roster, 53 and the practice squad. I don't know. It sounds like excuses to me. I mean, if it was any other coach in a, in a higher position with more responsibility and a higher paid job, they would have been fired by now. And I hate the argument that, oh, players love training with Lauren Landau. He's renowned beyond football. I don't care about that. I care about the Broncos and what he's doing to the Broncos or what has happened to the Broncos under his watch. And what has happened is one season in which 20 players land on IR. It's not including, Chad, the players that have been injured and came back to action, including your $245 million quarterback in Russell Wilson. You mean to tell me the guy has been an Iron Man? throughout his career, except for that freaky uh, finger injury last year, he comes to the Broncos and picks up not one, not two, but three, three. injuries in the same season that something is wrong. I don't care what anybody says. Yep. It's not rocket science. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to deduce what's going on here. Sam Bam, bro, number two tonight, thank you. He says, I truly feel Judy is starting to live up to his potential talent-wise. Yeah, it, well, it's because they got him in the right place now. He's running the X, and it turns out that's what he needed all along. But it's hard to do that when you have one of the more prominent X receivers in the NFL already in that spot. He goes on, Sam Bam, just needs to stay out of trouble both on and off the field. Looking forward to big things from Judy and Russ in the future. Yeah, I mean, that's always been the thing with Judy is you got to just trust in him and play him and develop him because he has all the makings of a number one wide receiver. And it was always too soon to suggest cutting bait or giving up on him. Just continue developing him and feeding into his uh, his progression, and you're going to see big things to come. He's going to take over, I think, uh, for Sutton as the number one receiver on this Broncos team next year. We'll see. We shall see. I like what I've seen from him. Uh, the last few weeks, though. So, hey, uh, it's working, Broncos. Randy Jones up in the great white north of Alaska throwing down some big boy stars on Facebook. We love you. We appreciate you, Randy. He says, when changes are made on the offense, will Denver keep Clint Kubiak and make him the OC? Zach, is there any chance that if and when Nathaniel Hackett has shown the door, Russell Wilson's going to bat to try and keep Clint Kubiak around? Usually the new coach um, gets rid of the old coaches and brings in his own guys. We saw that with Hackett bringing in Alden and Butch Berry, so on and so forth. I don't see a scenario where Hackett stays or Hackett leaves and Clint Kubiak stays. It'd be both or none at all. And it's, I feel the same about Kubiak as I do Hackett. Has Kubiak done enough 
to earn a permanent OC job. Just because the Broncos score 28 points and they're looking a little better than historically bad, is that enough to make him the full-time OC? If you can get someone better, even Brian Schottenheimer, maybe that's the way to go. You know, yeah. It's it's like we talk about Dan Quinn and bringing in a, a former OC that Russ has worked with in the past, some comfortability, some proven um, commodities relative to the Russ thing. Well, look, after this season, Clint Kubiak's going to be another one of those coaches that coached Russell Wilson. But the results, I'm sorry. Look, the Broncos had 320 total yards yesterday against a team that is going into the game. They were 4-9. and nine. They were one of the worst defenses in the league outside of their rushing defense, and the Broncos eviscerated them on the ground. I haven't seen anything, Zach. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna tell the truth on this. I love Gary Kubiak and everything he means to this organization, but and I know that Clint Kubiak has not exactly been placed in the most fortuitous situation. He goes from being a position coach to calling an offense. It's tough to do on the fly like that. So props to him for stepping up to the plate, but I really haven't seen much. Now, his play calling in the second half yesterday was really good. And I'm not just saying, oh, they got the ground game going. But overall, from a balanced perspective, Zach, they really had the Cardinals defensively on their heels, struggling to kind of anticipate what was coming next. So if he can continue to do what he did in the second half, once Russ returns to the to the uh, offense, then, hey, I'm open to it. I just haven't seen enough right now to make me go, yeah, dude, we got to keep Coob around. That's been the story of the entire year, though, has it not? I mean, the Broncos can't put together a four-quarter game where the offense looks good for all 60 minutes, either the first half, the second half, the first quarter, the fourth quarter. They they have played better under Kubiak, but is that recency bias at work? Is it the fact that um, you've gotten better rushing production out of uh, Latavius Murray than he did Melvin Gordon? I've, I've been incrementally impressed with Kubiak, but not nearly enough where I say, listen, bring him back, bring Hackett back, make no changes. They need still wholesale changes to the offensive coaching staff. Michael Ronquillo in the house. Just wanted to give him a shout out. One of our most dedicated members of the community, bringing up how Damari Mathis relinquished zero receptions yesterday. I want to read to you, Zach, just this little clip from Eric Trickle's weekly grades piece, breaking down every snap of the, of the game and grading each player. Damari Mathis earned a, very favorable grade for his performance. He said, quote, this is Trickle writing on Mathis. Mathis shut down his side of the field and was targeted only twice throughout the game. One of his targets, he sat on the route, read it perfectly, nearly came down with the interception. This game showed the most promise from Mathis this season. So I think uh, one of the most exciting developments of a lost season you know, because that's what this is what we're left to kind of hang our hats on is player development. That's it. That's all you got to really kind of tune in for is seeing how your guys and, and the young guys in particular or the newer guys to the scheme, how they're taking to things and how they're developing. And are they turning the corner Damari Mathis? Dude, as you mentioned earlier, my gosh, this kid is turning into what could be like a formidable animal and compliment to PS2 on the other side. Like the Broncos could have really struck gold here with this kid because it's not just what he does in coverage. He's very sticky, sometimes to the point of really walking that line of drawing the yellow laundry, but he has cut that out, and he's killer against the run. This dude, like, he'll stick his nose in there, and he'll make the tackle. You cannot teach the things that Damari Mathis brings to the table. His reaction skills, his sticky coverage ability, like you mentioned, his uh, his A-plus run defense. I think he is your number two cornerback going forward. And you mentioned PS2. I want to give him his flowers as well. Uh, this is according to Pro Football Focus. PS2 has allowed, get this guys, just 35 yards or fewer in 11 games this year. You talk about lockdown cornerbacks. There he is right there, Patrick Sertan II. If he is not first-team All-Pro this season, we riot. We burn it all down, hmm. baby, because he'll get robbed big time. That would be a modest consolation to another lost season, to seeing PS2 get the accolade that he frankly deserves. He had a little bit of a dip, a, a, a couple of two, three games, where it took a little bit of a step back, but he has bounced back with aplomb. I just want to read this real quick from Trickle's numbers today in the grades article. 
says this was the best game of Sertan's young career. He essentially shut down DeAndre Hopkins, one of the better receivers in the league. Used to be elite. He's maybe on the downslope of that now, but he goes on. Of his seven-catch, 60-yard days, talking about Hopkins, only two receptions for 22 yards actually came in coverage against Sertan. Sertan had some issues against the run, but they were not as prominent in other games. So he's calling this one his best, uh, the best game of his career, Zach. So let's switch gears here to Phil McLaughlin. Good to see you again, bro. Number two tonight. He says, I, I'm thinking it's time to get rid of Brandon McManus. What is the cost? Well, we'll tell you the cost. That's why you come to us. Uh, if you wait, if you if you move on from Brandon McManus next season, uh, two and a half million dead dead cap. That's that's what it'll cost you. So I don't know, Zach. I've uh, I fell. I've never really been that in. Like yesterday, I tweeted. I miss Matt Prater. Matt Prater, you know, he's like Matt Prater light. The big difference is Matt pa- Matt Prater when the chips are down. I mean, he was as money in the bank as it ever gets from fifty, but especially when the chips are down and it's clutch and you need that kick and maybe it's not the most uh, favorable distance, Prater gets it done. Plus, he all he does is throw touchdowns. Remember his touchdown pass uh, against the Green Bay Packers that was called by the great Pat McAfee? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah, I've said it last night that McManus has not been McMoney since SB50. He's been McAverage, and you can't have a kicker. I don't care about injuries. I don't care about anything. You cannot have your kicker playing at home in that friendly mile-high altitude missing 30-yard chip shots. He's missed extra points. He's missed long field goals. This is not Hackett's fault for putting him out there like in week one. This is McManus missing on his own and really regressing. He is paid as a top certainly a top 10. I don't know about top five, but certainly a top 10 kicker. And I would say he's at the bottom of the barrel in the NFL this year from what I've seen. I don't care about stats, data analytics or whatever. He is not McMoney. He's McMid as far as Mm. I'm concerned. Don't, if you're, if you're the Broncos at the very least, Zach, you got to, and as you see here, the, the, for those listening after the fact, so it's two and a half dead of dead cap, but you would actually end up saving two and a half million. Uh, if you moved on from McManus, I, I don't think they're going to straight cut McManus, but I think this is the off season 2023 Zach, where they actually bring in a plausible threat to him and let him duke it out, let him duke it out. But you just, you can't really trust him anymore. It's not quite flip a coin type of odds, right? When he gets, when he goes out there, but outside of that Super Bowl season, I've never really been that confident when he struts out onto the field to uh, make a try. Plus, he's so outspoken. He's the Broncos NFLPA rep. He's like almost a mini celebrity. I don't think he warrants that status. And I don't. Two point five million doesn't seem like a lot in the NFL, but let me tell you what two point five million can get you. You want a backup veteran swing tackle next year. You want a guard, a backup guard, a backup center, running back receiver you can buy that with just the savings you would get from McManus and you talk about two and a half million dollars that would be if you drafted a kicker let's say in the sixth seventh round or sign him as a UDFA that would be the overall cost of his contract so yeah they could move on and the more he misses the more I'm inclined to say they should move on from McManus look at this statistic courtesy of Mr. Producer Brandon McManus is the eighth highest paid kicker in the league however He's only half a million bucks APY outside of the top three. So he's up there. He's up there. And you got to wonder what's what that's worth. I mean, it's kind of a product, Zach, of the Elway regime. For whatever reason, John Elway loved overpaying specialists. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's from his time as a, as a quarterback, just loving to have those set-and-forget guys. So pay them, keep them happy. If they're special to you, then pay them and keep them happy. And to an extent, I can understand that. But he overpaid Brenton Colquitt. He well overpaid Brandon McManus, and he should never have let Matt Prater go. I was going to say, yeah, another John Elway special. That contract 
didn't look great when he first signed it at McManus. Certainly doesn't look great now. Um, if I can move on and get out of that, I'm probably exploring that if I'm George Payton. Uh, Anthony, Joe Anthony saying, I'd like a competition of punter too. Yeah, dude. Uh, going to be a different punter in town next year. Like I, it's as near to a guarantee uh, from me as you're going to get on anything. Like Corliss Waitman is horrible. And that's one of the bummers is, you know, I really like Dwayne Stukes when he's at the mic. And when we see him during OTAs and training camp, when we get his little training camp mic'd ups, right, courtesy of the Denver Broncos team site, you know, you could tell his players like him and he's, and he's, he kind of walks that line well, Zach, of being intimidating and kind of drop the hammer guy while also being a bro. Uh, I like him a lot, but the results just aren't there. And one of his big offseason kind of putting his stamp on it things was he was the impetus for the Broncos saying, bye-bye, Sam Martin, we're going with Corliss Waitman. And that has – I wouldn't say it's it's blown up in their face. Like, it's not some ex, some spectacular explosion, Zach, but it certainly has not been good to the point where – there, what redeeming quality is there that he's a southpaw kicker? I mean, is that it? If that's all you've got to hang your hat on, then you can expect them to find someone better next year, even if they got to pay him a little bit. You know, you mentioned you miss Matt Prater. Let me tell you who I miss. We're talking about special teams is uh, Colquitt. Uh, the Broncos have been a revolving door at punter ever since he uh, he left the team, and you can't find a stable one. I mean, they've been through Marquette King and Riley Dixon and uh, Sam Martin, now Corliss Waitman, and you're right. The whole thing about Waitman was he had a bigger leg, and as a lefty, the ball would have different spin, but it's not availing the Broncos at all. It's actually hurting them, so you're right. We'll have a different punter next season. Chris, we appreciate the kind words and support on Super Chat, as always, bro, saying Scott, Chad, and Zach, still the best in the business. Thank we you. really, We really appreciate that. David Wilder. A legend throwing down. Good to see you, bro. MHH for life indeed, my friend. Uh, I know we also have some uh, a throwdown from Mike Likens throwing some stars, and that's two nights in a row. Last night he threw down some big boy stars, so we see you, Mike. We appreciate you, bro. He says, yo, dude, it's a little late tonight. Zach, you mentioned trading Justin Simmons mm. last night. What do you think we could get for him? Whew. Well, I don't think Simmons is going to draw the package that uh, Jamal Adams drew. Uh, he's not that caliber of safety, but you at least a second round pick. A second and a third, I think, would be the the baseline for Simmons. You're talking about an all-pro player, pro ball player, still in his prime, one of the best safeties in the NFL, and now he's starting to accumulate the interceptions. So if you want to move on from him after this year when his value would be the highest, you could probably maybe even squeeze a one for Simmons. If you're getting a one for Bradley Chubb, who's been parentally injury prone in his career, I think you can get a one as well for Simmons. But it comes down to, do you want to take from one area, meaning safety to help another area, meaning offensive line? Do you want to eat the the financial ramifications? I don't have it in front of me. Scott would probably pull it up, but the cap hit of trading Simmons, do you want to go through that? And also the morale hit of trading away one of your captains, one of your foundational players, and one of your homegrown stars in Simmons. But if you're not committed 100%, you want some capital back, I'd say pick up the phone. He started this season off with a whimper, due in large part, of course, to getting hurt early. But, Zach, he's been on a tear the last couple of games. Like, I'll give the man props. When Simmons is on, he is indeed, uh, like his contract reflects, one of the best safeties in the league. This year in particular has been really bizarre because he's usually not inconsistent. He was uh, his first full-time – his first full season as a starter – uh, which is how he earned the nickname Justin Almost Simmons for me. But really, from the time Big Fangio came around, he he metamorphosized into a freaking animal, which made the first half of the season, maybe three-quarters of the season, so mystifying. It was really bizarre, especially with a coach like uh, Ejiro Evrozak, who it's pretty evident to see one of the smartest, brightest, young NFL defensive minds in the league, and you're going, wait a minute, how is it that one of the best young and brightest young safeties in the league is failing to thrive under this coach as a coordinator? I think it was just a, one of those situations that I'll actually tell you. I think it is a little bit of a coincidence, just in the sense of law of averages. He kind of, I think, Zach, Justin Simmons, from a play perspective, individually succumbed, was influenced by the overall meta macro failure to launch uh, of the 2022 Denver Broncos. 
The thing with him is, though, that's why you coined the almost nickname, is that he's a great safety, you know, top 10, but he's not the NFL's best safety. And he, he'll he have an arm tackle, he'll blow a coverage. There is a lot that you can get frustrated about with, with Simmons as well, but now that he's piling up stats and considering the accolades already on his resume, if you want to move on, you'll be getting some major capital in return for him. So from Mr. Producer, he says Simmons' contract – First of all, he's saying, look, if you're, you're not going to get a one, right, a first-round pick in exchange because of the contract. Simmons' contract is almost identical to that of Garrett Bowles, $18 million, um, again, on a $10 million dead cap. Base salary, basically, of, of uh, Simmons, $14.5 million. So it would have to be a situation, Zach, where if there was a suitor and the Broncos were inclined to deal him, you know, it'd be a, a, a acquire and restructure right away, basically, for Justin Simmons. But I think I, I agree with some of the comments that say, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. And the defense is doing really well right now under Evero. And if you take away Simmons, you're moving on from Kareem Jackson as well. So do you want to replace both your starting safeties? And Caden Stearns has a, could be a degenerative hip issue as well. That's a tall task. And taking away one of your better players on defense doesn't help with that task. It's worth mentioning that, Part of the calculus here on trying to explain or understand Simmons' early season regression is how bad Kareem Jackson has been. Like when you're constantly having to cover uh, for your guy being uh, having just lost more than a step, you know, it comes out on the wash. Mike, thank you again, bro. He says, back to the Simmons thing. I love him, but I'm thinking we need to find value on the roster so that you can take that money invested in the trenches. And that's a fair um, assessment, but Caden Stearns missing this season. I mean, what do you have to really be excited about, especially when, you know, Kareem Jackson, when the final snap of this season and the whistle, the final gun and this season is over, he'll have played his last snap as a Bronco. So then you're going to replace two starters at safety. You got to think about that too, Mike. And there's no one, like, there's no other Caden Stearns behind him. Like, Delarian Turner-Yell, I don't think he's ready yet. Players like P.J. Locke and uh, whoever, I forgot the uh, J.R. Reed, who they had for a while. I mean, these are all just jags. You need that next big prospect, and the Broncos don't have him. The Broncos have him, and he's their starter. His name is Justin Simmons. So that's why I'm a little reticent. If you held a gun to my head, I'd say, listen, you're going to have six draft picks. You're going to have some money to work with. You can build the O-line and keep Simmons. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Well said. Um, Did we get Miguel? I'll give Miguel a shout-out anyway. Miguel, thank you for the stars, bro. Um, Zach, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Yesterday, obviously, I missed the the podcast. I had a big family uh, Christmas thing going on that, frankly, even made it hard for me on game day itself to uh, catch the game. But um, who are some of the other players? Again, this is where we're at now in the season. We're left to kind of say who's thriving on an individual level, who's showing development, who's showing reasons to be encouraged for what they could do and how they could impact beyond this season, Zach. Who are some of the players for you that you saw yesterday? Uh, Marlon Mack, Latavius Murray, uh Deshaun Williams by the way we we've been dogging him the entire year he had a breakout game with uh Draymond Jones out Josie Jewell Josie Jewell looked good again the outlaw and inside linebacker I mean those are my standouts I mentioned Amari Mathis as well um that's pretty much top the running game really impressed me so Murray and Mack I would agree definitely and the the and Singleton the the yes Alex Singleton and that's another thing we could read if we wanted to from trickles grades but you guys should just go read the article singleton best game he's had a couple of really impressive games this season but yesterday arguably his best season as a bronco short-lived tenure as a bronco but yesterday none better uh david wilder brother love you big dog thank you that's very generous super chat he says as i said last night it was a welcome win but too little too late for hackett he still needs to exit the building the day after the last game and i'm i'm I can't be certain, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, uh, but I think you will. Zach, uh, did you happen to see while we're on the Hackett topic, did you see his victory speech? You know, those those things have been few and far between this year. Uh, but I watched his victory speech, and he was fired up, dude. He was fired up, and he's, he's dropping his uh, expletives here and there saying, look, 
how we played in the second half was uh, how we need to be like 100% snap in, snap out. That needs to be our our posture, basically, how we execute. And it was cool to see, um, but he just is in over his head. If he ran the table, maybe there's a chance he could save his job, but I just don't see that happening, dude. Like, I know that the game against the Chiefs, if Wilson's healthy, that game will be close, all right? I can't predict a win there. The Rams game, flip a coin, if because it's going to be Russ from what Hackett's telling us. Uh, Chargers in L.A., right? Because the Chargers, the first one this season, if I'm not mistaken, was in Denver. So the odds of the Broncos running the table are slim, and that's really, I think, the only hope he would have to stick. And even then, Zach, it's a, it's a small sliver. However, one thing we can't underestimate is if you beat the Chiefs, and that was part of the tapestry of you you won out, right? You finished the season by winning out, starting with the cards. That that I mean, that's like a Super Bowl. It's been such a monkey on this team's back. Like, remember those shots of of Steve Young when he finally won his Super Bowl after being in the shadow of Joe Montana for so long? And there's that shot of him on the sideline going, "Get this monkey off my back! Somebody get this monkey off my back!" And it was a really cool, uh, iconic moment uh, in NFL history. The monkey currently riding the Denver Broncos back. We're talking like King Kong, and he's wearing a big red and gold hat, dude. All right, so if 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 you beat the Chiefs, Zach, that could be, and you won out, maybe, maybe Hackett survives. Uh, there's another monkey, and he's wearing silver and black that the Broncos can't shake, but they can't do anything about that. All they can control is what's in front of them. Yeah, I didn't see Hackett's victory speech. I don't have any interest in seeing the pizza party that goes on in the Broncos locker room. I did see Latavius Murray's uh, speech to his team, and he said, y'all haven't really embraced me. I never really had. He got a game ball yesterday, so I thought that First was of cool. his career. Yeah, I thought that was a cool moment for him. Um I said this yesterday. I'll say it again. Talk to, ask me again. Talk to me after week 18. You know, if the Broncos run the table, if they beat Kansas City, then we'll have that discussion should Hackett come back. But one victory over the Cardinals, a team that quit, a team that checked out, they lost their quarterback, they lost their GM. It's a team that's spiraling fast. That doesn't do enough. If you want to percentize, that's not a right word. If you want to give it a percentage, Yesterday may have helped hack it from like 10 to 15%. Beating Kansas City, though, would go from 15 to like 45, 50%. You beat Kansas City, then we'll talk. Until then, I am staying behind my conviction that Hackett should be shown the door after week 18. Scott, I'm going to grab this mic question, and then there's a Ryan Thompson at 659 I want to grab, too. Uh, real quick, though, Mike. So last night was a coinkadink. It was a weird little uh, outlier. Zach was solo. And we actually were having some problems with uh, being able to see the stars live. I don't know if you noticed, but we were replying in the chat, actually, like from Facebook, trying to answer as many of the questions as we could when we were live. So if we missed you yesterday, you know, we love you. It was uh, it was a little blip up in the program, but we appreciate you, bro. We see you. We appreciate you, dog. Thank you for the stars. Uh, Ryan wants to know. Guys, would you bring back Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack? That would be a good trio when Javante Williams comes back. I have some thoughts on this, but Zach, you start. It's one or the other as far as I'm concerned. I said it last night. You want to bring back Latavius Murray or Marlon Mack as like veteran insurance behind Pookie? So be it. But two of them, they're kind of the same player in the sense that they're, I don't want to say jag, that's disparaging, but they're pretty just average to above average running backs. You know, Latavius Murray is never going to be an explosive, you know, runner. Marlon Max coming off an Achilles injury. I want a little fresher blood in the running back room. I want someone with a little more home run ability. So my ideal as of right now, it's only December 19th, a long way to go in the process, but Pookie as RB1. If you want to resign, let's say Murray as RB2, and then draft some guy in the fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever as the RB3. I think that is the way to go in the Broncos backfield. Um, there are a, a few decent options potentially that could uh, the Broncos could avail themselves of next year. Uh, I don't want Saquon Barkley, even if he does end up hitting the market. I'm really curious about this guy right here. Okay, the Bronco killer himself, Josh Jacobs. This is an article, by the way, 
currently up at milehighhuddle.com by Bob Morris breaking down the running back free agent market, how it could maybe the guys that can maybe fit in Denver next year as a contingency, if you will, to Javonta Williams. Because we got to remember this an ACL tear in and of itself for running back, bad news, but a multi ligament tear. Uh, which there and there was even more to it, Zach. I'm trying to remember all the details of his gnarly injury, but there is very whatever guarantee. This, no, I can't even use that. There's no guarantee that Javante Williams is going to return to that explosive bowling ball form uh, that he was, and so you got to have a good plan B. I this would be right here my number one plan B, but I'm not even going to hang my hat on that because that's not the answer to the question. Murray, I want back. Marlon Mack. If he keeps twitching out like he's doing, like we've seen the last couple of games, um, well, I wouldn't mind if he's if you can get him on the cheap. But Latavius Murray, to me, Zach has. I know he's a is he a tenth year pro? I think he's a tenth year pro. He is showing some big cashew, some big big heart, and I love that dude. He's battling when you know there's no hope of of the playoffs. He's on a uh, there's no hope. There's no guarantee that the Broncos will reward him for his efforts of basically saving a game yesterday uh, in many respects, offensively anyway. Uh, so I would love to see him come back as a two slash maybe even a number three. But think about this. If your running game, Zach, has Latavius Murray as the number three, you could be in a really good uh, situation uh, in the running back stable. Yeah, I, I really do like the he's made the running back room Murray has more reliable, more stable. He stabilized the backfield. That's yeah. the point I was trying to make after the Melvin Gordon, the fumble and Pookie's injury. I don't know though that, and I see a comment from Todd that says we don't need Jacobs. I tend to agree with that. I think he would be a luxury Chad for a team that can really afford not to have any luxury, especially at running back. Because let's say you bring in Jacobs and he's going to want, by the way, what, $8 million a year, $10 million a year? If you thought Melvin Gordon was expensive, just wait for what Josh Jacobs gets. And I like Jacobs a lot, but I'm not one to invest in running backs, especially running backs that are getting older, and especially when you have a running back coming back in uh, Javante Williams. So that would be a pipe dream. That would be cool to see in Madden, for example. I don't think all that practical in real life for George Bateman. Coming. Here's the thing, though, to keep in mind. All fair points. Here's the thing to keep in mind, though. Josh Jacobs is only 24 years old. He's only 24. Now, cutting against that, Latavius Murray, he's 32 today. Okay, so, like, if you bring him back, and I do, I would want to bring him back depending on what he's asking for. If you can get him pretty close to a veteran minimum, I think it makes all the sense in the world because he's still running hard and he's still picking up those yards. And he seems to be, if you're going to continue, even if it's not with Hackett, but if you're going to move into the future with this, running scheme and blocking scheme he's showing you that even though he doesn't have that twitch around the corner and that extra gear he's showing you from a vision perspective and a patience perspective that he can he can run in this uh this offense that will grab chris if we're talking outside running backs my number one target would be tony pollard that is the home run hitter that i have desperately wanted in the broncos backfield at least since Philip Lindsay and even before Philip Lindsay, that guy is an RB one waiting to happen. Him paired with Pookie, you throw in Latavius Murray, that would be quite the backfield, but equally as unrealistic. If you know your punk rock, you know me first in the gimme gimmies, which is I'm not a covers guy. So when it comes to music, I typically don't like if I go to see a, a live band, I don't want to hear a cover. I want to hear your music. Me first in the gimme gimmies is like the only band ever. And they're a 100% cover band, but they cover like pop songs, country songs, whatever, and they turn them into punk rock songs. So, of course, Chris, being a having a punk rock background, he recognizes the shirt. So, special points to you, my dog. It's good to see you. Appreciate you, Mike. Peyton is very well respected. He's talking George Peyton around the league, Zach. But this offseason was bad, historically bad. Do you? Zach Kelberman have faith in George Payton. Mike wants to know. Yeah, why wouldn't we? I mean, we're talking about all these players who have stepped up, the Dulcich's and the Damari Mathis's and Latavius Murray's and Marlon Max. These are all players who George Payton brought in. These are all players that George Payton sought out and thought would be good additions to the Broncos. And you can dog him for players like Randy Gregory getting hurt. When Randy Gregory is on the field, he is a very impactful player. No one, though 
could have seen the Russell Wilson experiment going so badly. No one, though, could have predicted that Nathaniel Hackett would be historically incompetent. So they, they are black marks on Peyton's resume, but the bigger black mark to me has been his lack of investment in the offensive line. If he corrects that going forward, combined with his scouting acumen, combined with his personnel management, he's still a very, um, very good general manager. There's a reason why he was so sought after. Just give him at least two more years to get the job done and get the Broncos back to the uh, to contention, at least. I'm not going to lie. This season has given me some serious doubts about George Payton, but I am inclined to agree in that he's shown you from a personnel perspective what he can do. Yes, a couple of uh, oversights, like not particularly investing in the O-line as well as he should have, especially considering the uh, sacrifice the team made in the short and long term to acquire a franchise quarterback. Uh, But maybe the... Maybe the uh, twist here is that this new ownership group, he's a part of the conversations, right? He's a part of the interviews. George Payton uh, has big input on what the final hire is, et cetera, et cetera. But maybe you just leave him a, a, a kind of, this isn't your purview, the actual hire. We want your opinion, obviously, but you're not the final say guy. We're going to go out as the Walmart folk, black and white capitalists, more bottom line type people. We're going to go with what? the guy we think can really turn the ship around. You just keep procuring those groceries, dog. You keep doing that, George. And I think, as Zach said, give him another couple of years. And he is one of the most respected personnel guys in the NFL. Uh, I think he just made a really bad decision on head coach. And he might ultimately end up paying for that. He might. But current reporting, guys. So let's get this out there so everyone has realistic expectations as it relates to George Payton. Current reporting from the most trusted insiders, and I'm talking Benjamin Albright on this one. Hackett's not going anywhere. Um, Adam Schefter, Hackett's not going anywhere. So you can still set your your hopes and hearts when we're talking about change here on the head coaching situation, but I don't think the GM's uh, going to be fired. Yeah, and to uh, emphasize the fact that Nathaniel Hackett should be fired, I feel like – uh, he was asked today in his uh, press availability if he and the Broncos coaching staff will watch Monday Night Football because the Rams are playing tonight. And uh, his response was, this is word for word, I quote, I wish we could have a Monday night party, but we've got so much tape. It's like, yeah, I'll bring the pizza and the shaving cream. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? How are you an NFL head coach, man? Like, just week 18 can't come soon enough as far as I'm concerned. Nathaniel Hackett strikes me as the kind of guy, character-wise, that should have been in Super Troopers. You ever seen that? Yeah, a leader of cola. He should have been the guy. <laughs> he should have been like um, the compliment to uh, to Farva. You know what I mean? He should have been that guy. <laughs> yes. Maybe he gets stuck on the radio duty or something. Uh, or I could see him going meow at the at the window, right to the to the speeder. <laughs> That's is that the guy you want coaching your football team? Um, not mine. I don't think so. But Zach, we're about out of time. Should we do the rundown and get out of here? Yes, sir. That was the Mile High Huddle podcast for the aftermath of the Broncos week 14, 14, 15 victory 15, over yeah. the Cardinals. It all blends together at this point. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Uh, Chad's on Twitter at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking, as you see, go to Huddle Up Pod. I'm sorry, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your merch on. All new inventory, all new products. I promise you guys, good stuff right there. And if you have it, go to Facebook.com slash MyLiHuddlePod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you haven't, also, guys and gals, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every month. But if anything, as you see ticking below you, please, 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 sub like and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel it really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you that it does not to be uh overlooked please guys like if you really want to go that extra mile share it but at the very least give it a like we love you shout out to these great super chat superstars tonight Sam Bam Ed Keating Dave Glassman Luke Ellis Chris Chances David Wilder uh, on Facebook, we've got 
the likes of Mike Likens throwing down, especially tonight, leading the way right behind him. Randy Jones, Phil McLaughlin, Miguel, much love and respect. Can't wait to talk to you guys again here in a couple of days. Oh, Mike. Yeah, Mike Reno chiming in says uh, Wilson gets a top rate coach that makes him play with strengths. We will see a much better us. Yeah, and that's that's the entire thing. That's why if you bring back George Payton, if you're the Waltons or the Penners, you bring him back with the understanding that George, you have to nail the next head coach, and that head coach has to nail his offensive coordinator. The number one priority is building this thing around Russell Wilson and maximizing what you can with Russell Wilson at age 34 going forward. If that's Brian Schottenheimer, you know, perhaps, then so be it. It has to be the guy. Word, and thank you for the stars, by the way, too. Uh, Really appreciate you, Mike. We'll see you guys in a couple of days. Yeah, have a great start to your week, guys. See you Thursday night. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.